Welcome to Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit? With special guest, Tom Taylor! That's right, your ears did not deceive you. This is Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit? I am, for the 24th time in a row now, Chris Blair, and also, for that amount of times, is Andy McMullen. Ahoy! <laughs> Thank you. That I is change it up for 2024. Yeah, yeah, I was not prepared for that, but I love it. Uh, we've got, for the first time, but not for the first time doing Movies by Minutes, uh, for the, uh, I, I don't know how many times I'd venture to guess. I don't know if you have an answer for this, but we have got, from the Indiana Jones Minute, Tom Taylor. Hey, hello. Welcome, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, do, Thank do, you so much. Do you have a uh, guess at how many minutes of movies you've covered at this point? I probably sh I should have better than a guess. I should have it written down somewhere in a spreadsheet or something, shouldn't I? I don't know. They're like they're like 120 minutes times four ish. Right. So it's close. Yeah, we're close to done with Crystal Skull. So um, if we survive that, it will have been hundreds and hundreds of minutes. Let's just put it that way. We're we're wishing you the best of luck on that treacherous journey. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, well, we've got uh, with this movie in common. Uh, both of them are Steven Spielberg joints. That's right. Uh, so, uh, what is what if Steven Spielberg put that on his movies? What if he was <laughs> like, "This is a Steven Spielberg <laughs> joint"? After all these years, he just know. went off the rails. But after Spike Lee did it, so it's just like he's he's trying so hard to be cool. Yeah, like, just really I, I guess this is what it takes now. Okay. <laughs> My movies are now joints. <laughs> He's really making up for uh, changing uh, changing Raiders and taking those guns out of E.T. <laughs> <laughs> right. Tom, uh, what is your relationship with the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I love this movie. This is a great I saw this in the theater. Gosh, I saw this in the theater twice in a row opening night. Uh, I saw it with my friend, uh, oh, my friend David Smith, who went on to be uh, an animator in Hollywood, California. Wow. Um, and he and I went to see, he was, yeah, obviously we're both huge cartoon fans and everything, and Spielberg fans and everything, and Robert Zemeckis fans. So we went opening night to see it, and we loved it, and we left the theater, and we're like, you know what, let's go see it again. We'll pay, we'll pay to see it, like we probably could have sat, it was the days when you probably could have sat in the theater and nobody would have bugged you. You know, you could have just stayed there for a second show. But uh, we paid again and we went in again and we had a blast. And, uh, you know, those are in the days when I was just unquestionably into whatever the huge, awesome summer blockbuster was that year. And this was a solid good one. So, yeah. Uh, those were those are a little bit more simple times where there was a limited amount of movies and yeah. whatever was the big blockbuster at the time, everybody watched. Yeah, yeah. There was there was going to be one movie that was going to be on all the McDonald's stuff that summer, <laughs> and you would you would find out what it was, and that would be the one that you loved. <laughs> did you have an Indiana Jones Happy Meal toy? No, I never did. I had somebody. We were just talking about this somewhere else, like the Indiana Jones toys never took off the same way like star wars did or something but i definitely had stuff i had like you know i don't know books and comic books and things like that from indie but uh do you think people were toys. just like i already have a harrison ford at home right yeah i've got a couple of harrison fords by now <laughs> and uh he's a spaceman and that's cool and uh, i'll just do that i'll just put a hat on him and he doesn't dress <laughs> that differently in the movies either no he's got like a cool jacket and or vest and that's it. <laughs> right. And outside of the Harrison Ford, I mean, who's everyone's going to want a Darth Vader, a Yoda toy. I don't know if that mm -hmm. many people are going to want a Belloc toy. That's what I think since I had like a shelf full of Star Wars figures, I was like, oh, so it's a line of a lot of like people, I guess. It's a lot of human beings. That's not as interesting to me as having a cool robot or a weird black space knight or, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So little... It's a little more interesting. Little more grounded in uh, in uh, the real world, I guess. For having lots of magical elements, uh, character is very human. Yeah, and it's like I mean, you know, not to go off our Raiders, but uh, 
I don't know. There's something a little more. <laughs> so as, as we talk about movies beyond uh, Raiders on our show, we 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 hearken back to Raiders. Like, ah, oh, you know, that was a, it was like the French Connection or something. It was like it was like the Godfather. It was like this amazing. And I'm like, you know what? People back then, if you said that, oh, Raiders is like the Godfather, they'd be like, would you shut up? It's just this movie where a guy runs around the desert and shoots people. It's just a dumb action summer thing. But you know, compared to some others, it is. Uh, it didn't seem to lend itself to action figures. Let's put it that way. It was, it was a little more, yes, it was an action, crazy, fun romp, but it was, uh, I don't know, a little more grounded than that. I don't know. We are on minute 24 this week. Minute 24 begins with Roger saying, I shan't believe it. And it ends with RK Maroon covering his ear as Roger has a alcohol-induced meltdown. As rabbits do. <laughs> or tunes do i guess yeah is do you think this is more of a rabbit reaction to the alcohol or a cartoon reaction to the alcohol wow have we ever seen other rabbit characters deal with alcohol and anything else i don't know like i would think I bugs ha- has had to encounter it i mean no you're right bugs has had to have co- yeah. yeah i mean and and he i imagine he would get comically drunk but I also feel like he'd be able to handle it better. Like he wouldn't go completely to pieces in Haywire like like Roger does here. So yeah, that's not his just like a, Yeah. So, but that doesn't answer the question if it's a rabbit thing or a toon thing. They're both rabbits and they're both toons. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a small, small uh, sample size. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of any movie with a real rabbit where they give it alcohol. Right. What a sad movie. I know, I know. <laughs> I was trying to think of like Harvey. Di- oh, he doesn't. I think in the Jimmy Stewart movie, Harvey, I think. Well, I know he's kind of a drunk. Not a drunk. Yeah. But he drinks a lot. So does that imply that he drinks with Harvey? I don't know. I have to watch that again. And later in this movie, when uh, Harvey is mentioned, um, oh, yeah. it is in a bar as well. So That is true. Um, so there you go. Harvey was a huge drunk. In the end. <laughs> Case closed. Yep. We figured it out. <laughs> Uh, this this is the moment where we have Eddie and Roger really interact with each other for the first time. Um, our two our two leads, and it is a little bit surprising that it takes all the way till minute twenty four before we see our two main characters talk to each other. Um, and the first time they do interact is Eddie uh, showing pictures of uh, Roger's wife being unfaithful to him. So, uh, what an introduction. Yeah, that's harsh. I think it's interesting. Like we we've talked a lot about Eddie's disdain for tunes and how that's his whole you know shtick. Um, if Eddie were a tune, his his whole deal would be hating hating other tunes. <laughs> um, but he does definitely like deliver this information to Roger in a pretty like cold way. He's like, "Here, dude, <laughs> your wife is playing patty cake." Uh, yeah. And I'm not seeing a lot of like remorse about that. Yeah. Yeah, He doesn't seem to take Roger that seriously or his feelings. Yeah. He's, um, he's pretty cold. He's excited to have his own booze. I like, (laughs) I like, he's like two fisting. Like he's got the glass and he's got the bottle. He's completely not hands free because he's, because he's all about drinking right now. Um, Yeah. And for those keeping track at home, this is Eddie's fifth drink of the movie. Is that it? It feels light. 24 yeah. minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> spreading them out a little bit i mean there's there's some questionable moments where he does have an empty glass in front of him mm. at, at the bar but we uh, need uh, uh the count of drinks feels like a lightweight analysis for this particular issue i think mm. we need like a booze to screen time ratio metric you know so like oh. how how often is eddie on screen <laughs> uh what percentage of time that eddie's on screen does he have a drink because i think uh i think that more correlates to to how big of a problem he has <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you i remember reading in the old days when this movie came out um like in starlog magazine and stuff that you know, I was in an interview with Bob Hoskins, and he was talking about how Charles Fleischer was was on the set, dressed as a rabbit the whole time, and you know, like kind of doing, you know, acting with him, you know, like off camera and stuff. But do we know if they actually recorded his dialogue while he was on the set like that? 
because uh, it sounds very, very natural. Like his Roger's voice in the room sounds like he's in the room. It never really sounds like he's off in some booth somewhere and the voice is just coming from nowhere. It, it sounds like he's in the room and in the same environment as these other guys. That's that's like such a such an insightful uh, thought, though, because hmm. we talk a lot about you know how this this format, the like live action plus animation has been done a lot of times it's been done a lot of times badly and this is like by far one of the best examples of it and mm -hmm. the pains that they've gone to to make the shadows accurate and to give things weight and the fact that bob hoskins was a former mime and that it wouldn't work without him um but we haven't really talked about the audio design and how like crucial of a part that would play in making in sort of like bridging that weird uncanny valley you know, situation yeah. that could happen. And um, so that's, that's like a really interesting thing to think about, but you're right. Like there isn't, I think your brain would be like, that sounds dubbed or, you know, right. pretty adept at hearing that stuff. And you I would imagine, it. oh yeah, I'd imagine there's other places in the movie where they just, you know, they had to overdub a ton of stuff, I'm sure. And maybe they did even hear, but maybe the, the sound guy is totally on his game. And like, like the camera moves away from Roger and kind of leaves him behind while it focuses on Eddie and Maroon. And, and his voice kind of goes back a little bit, like he's behind you now. And uh, yeah, it's really nice and natural. Yeah, there was such an attention to detail within the movie, too, of just making everything look right. Mm -hmm. um, uh, something we're going to be talking about later, too, is there's a scene where there's lots of shadows moving, and it was just a nightmare for the animators to have to have the <laughs> shadows match the the cartoons and the, the live action, too. So mm -hmm. it seemed like so much care went into this to make it seem like these tunes and these people are actually interacting in the same environment. Yeah. What if, in order to do your job well, you had to have Charles Fleischer in a rabbit suit in the room at all times? <laughs> <laughs> it feels very off-putting. <laughs> yeah. That might be you look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day, you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> I guess I'm in a major motion picture. I guess I'm doing all right. But what am I doing? <laughs> I don't know how tar tall uh, Charles Fleischer is, but he seems tall from his pictures. Mm. It's just like a giant <laughs> rabbit man. Like, it's kind of like a weird, uh, like, surrealist Donnie Darko situation. There's just a posing <laughs> rabbit yeah. around you. Yeah. This this moment where, where Roger uh, is in complete incredulity about this, this uh, Jessica thing, and he... Um, a uh, very toony moment uh, has to say uh, three three comparisons: the light of his life, the apple of his eye, and then his uh, cream to his coffee. Which that's not an expression, right? That is completely a Rogerism. I've never heard it. <laughs> I never heard it, but it didn't seem overly uh, cartoony, crazy, or something. Like you mm -hmm. could, like you know, the sock in my shoe or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like you could, you know, there are a bunch of things you could probably say that go along with that sort of the thing in my or of my that work. Yeah. I thought of that. Yeah, I, 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 until you said that, I thought that I had heard that before. Or maybe I haven't. The cream in my coffee. Yeah, it it could have been way more tunier, though. Then <laughs> Eddie does have his very detectivey uh, comeback to it. Yeah, yeah. I immediately after Roger does that, uh, RK Maroon is kind of like vouching for um, Marvin Acme's character with Eddie. And to me, this is just like the most, the biggest plot hole in the movie. <laughs> Simple oh, okay. because there is zero circumstances under which anyone believes Marvin Acme is not a total creepster. Like we've talked about him, he's so yeah. odd, he's so off-putting. Uh, like I, I mean, I was alive in the eighties. He would have been creepy then. Maybe maybe nineteen forty-seven. <laughs> there was a different bar for what creepy was, but I'm a pretty sure. Bit. Everyone had like basic intuition, and uh, RK Maroon is like, I've been his friend and neighbor for 30 years, and I'm like, Yeah, and you didn't know he's a schmuck, like, you definitely <laughs> did, dude. Yeah, but look at RK Maroon, right? <laughs> Do you want yeah. that guy as a character witness in your trial? <laughs> Hard pass, right? Uh, it, it, uh, 
does not help the situation that much. And it's, you know, it's also, there's that motivation from RK Maroon too, to have to be defensive of this, knowing what we know a little bit later about him. So, uh, Tom, my part on the podcast is that I remember nothing and uh, am not good <laughs> at research. So I just kind of walk in blind and only have re- remembered the minute we're watching. Right That's now. usually my role, too. Chris is, the, Chris is the one who knows things. And I'm like, a, it's like a, it's like the experience of a new viewer every minute. <laughs> oh, beautiful. That's fun. That's a good way to approach life. <laughs> Constantly yeah. being surprised. I don't have a choice in the matter. It's just my brain refuses to <laughs> retain information. <laughs> I'm just wondering, do you think that Maroon's defense of Acme and everybody's defense of Acme is that like he's such like just a I mean he is annoyingly happy and like upbeat and like crazy and squirting people in the face with flowers and things like that and stuff. But yeah, like in real life if you knew somebody like that, even if you knew he was a nice guy or he was your neighbor, he borrowed your hedge clip tri- uh, trimmers and stuff and returned them on time, couldn't you be like, hell, the guy does you know get people with joy buzzers and fake ink and stuff like maybe he is nuts maybe he would do something not even nuts but like maybe he would do something not totally above board yeah yeah (laughs) step out with a cartoon's wife Uh, squirting them with ink that like you will think oh this is harmless it's disappearing ink but then shows up later as a permanent stain on your shirt too right right thanks a lot you're a great guy (laughs) that that man like from 50 yards you can tell he has no uh no respect for the boundaries of polite society <laughs> i mean we talked he's wearing a straw hat he's wearing a plaid suit he's a yeah. lewd and you know i dress weird and have weird taste and that's that's fine but this guy has demonstrated his lack of respect for boundaries <laughs> over and over and over again yeah. i think most women would be like spidey sense like stay away from me dude yep He's your typical man in power. He's used to getting his own way, doing his own thing without anyone questioning it. Mm-hmm. Now, I actually, I got I, I'm, I'm falling into this role too now. I sort of forget. Like, does the, there's the gag about, oh, we got pictures of him playing patty cake with your old lady and stuff, and then it's, it's actually them literally playing patty cake. Are these pictures in this context? Is this her having an affair with Acme? And do we find out later that they're that they're faked? That they're they're somehow doctored? Uh, they are real. They are they, real, yeah. Oh, they are real. That's right. Yeah. So she was sort of stepping out on Roger? Uh, well, she she says that she was coerced um, oh, okay. into doing so. <clears throat> oh, that's so. right. That's okay. Again, yeah. Marvin act me. Well, uh-huh. she was, they were they were coerced by R.K. Maroud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a dirty, dirty business. <laughs> All very sordid. <laughs> I do, one thing I always noticed, even from when I saw this in the theater, is that um, in those pictures, and the gag is great, the, the flip book sort of gag of him just like going through the things really fast. It's awesome. But the drawings, I, I mean, or, well, they're photographs of a cartoon lady. She looks a little bit different in the pictures than she does in quote unquote real life when you meet her in the movie. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, well, okay, I get it. Somebody drew those pictures for the movie, for this movie that we're watching. They drew those pictures to put in those into the pictures of uh, with Acme. And it wasn't the same people who were animating her as a character later. But I'm I'm trying to think of in the context of the movie if that makes any kind of sense. Like if you took a picture of a cartoon person walking down the street, would they necessarily look exactly the same as you meeting them on the street? And mm. as I say it, I'm thinking that my idea doesn't hold any water, <laughs> but I feel like it could because cartoons don't actually walk down the street. So who knows how it would work? It's only it's only visible in filmed images of still photographs, but yes, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Maybe we, as the as the viewer of this movie, these f- still photographs are being filmed with a movie camera in nineteen eighty eight or whatever it was, and uh, yeah, maybe that makes a difference. No, I think um, <laughs> I think there was a, a there was a small redesign of Jessica at some point, and. Mm. Uh, I, this to me seems like a little bit of a gaffe. It is a subtle difference, but I think the thing that makes it jump out is that m- almost a hundred percent of the time, Jessica has that like Veronica Lake, like one eye covered hair yeah, thing. Yeah. And um, I think that's Veronica Lake, right? I'm real bad at my old yeah. Um mm-hmm. But 
uh, in this, you can see both of her eyes pretty clearly, and that's not like a normal that's thing. That's true. But you, it's pretty like noticeable. Mm-hmm. So, do you think this is something Jessica does? She takes the hair out of her eyes every time she plays patty cake. I think that's fourth base. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They've been doing patty cake for long enough that she has now uncovered both of her eyes. Not both eyes! <laughs> You're a married woman. It's something we've been trying to figure out is what does patty cake do for Marvin Acme? Um, because <laughs> as, as a human, I would imagine, unless just plain patty cake with the tune is so awesome that... It's you have to experience it to know it, but uh, <laughs> I, I I can't figure out why this is something he wants to do. It reminds me of like you know I mean this says more about tunes than it does about people, but like you know I guess tunes have the physiological thing that they have to respond to shaving a haircut, and so you know that's not something that a person would necessarily do. Although people have their things, you know, like obsessive things, they got like knock on stuff and things if they whatever. But they, so maybe maybe it's something like along those lines. Like you know, yes, patty cake, little patty cake between two human beings is okay. It's a fun little weird thing, but with a tune, mm. you know, they've got a different connection to it, and they kind of somehow communicate that to to a person. I don't know. I've, I've never tried it myself. You know, so we, haven't ta- we've, we have talked about how, like, we know tunes can interact physically with humans, right? Like, mm-hmm. when they hit them, they feel it and stuff. But what do you think a tune feels like? Oh, my God. You think they're, like, slippery? Like, I imagine yeah. maybe oh. staticky. Staticky? Yeah. Like that, should you be, maybe get... that should be one of our questions, our hypothetical <laughs> Wow. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because it has to be solid. You can't just pass your hand through yeah. a tune. It's a solid thing. So would it just be like <laughs> like dried ink or something? Or like, <laughs> oh, my God. I never thought this of This is that. also, a, you, should, you should add this to the list of questions for Gary. Yeah. He has thought about <laughs> He's 100% thought about this. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Uh, could it also be that uh, Marvin Acme, that he spends so much time around tunes, it's very much a nature versus nurture sort of thing. It's like mm. a dog who grows up with nothing but cats might play a little <laughs> bit like a cat. He does. I mean, you know, all the tunes love him so much because nobody ever says that he is like a tune or anything, but, they, but the, there's the sense that he's got more of an affinity for tunes and tune culture than maybe other people do so there might be something to that yeah yeah He's, definitely he thinks like a tune yeah he, he seems to me like one of those weird guys who you're like yeah that guy likes tunes too much man like it's weird. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, i like tunes marvin but come on like you know we'll hang out and we'll like take whatever free stuff you want to give us or whatever man but like yeah. uh you're weird yeah but I'm I am very strong in the like anti Marvin Acme. <laughs> Look, I don't want to be a Marvin Acme defender over here, but I'm just saying. He yeah, just... you're being painted into a corner. You love yeah, Marvin I'm... Acme. <laughs> I'm just strong that way. <laughs> There's uh, uh, that 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 one kind of very like uh, uh, comeback that Eddie gets uh, that Marvin Acme is now taking the the cream in his coffee that Roger uh, has to take it black from now on. So, mm-hmm. seems like a very detective-y sort of line, something that you'd see like Humphrey Bogart shoot out or something. Yeah, yeah, especially because it's about coffee. You know, it's about mm-hmm. like that you're referring to dark black coffee. Yeah. The hard stuff, you know. Or, you know, if you're talking about booze or coffee – or smokes, or I don't know, shoe leather or something, <laughs> then yeah, that's all in the detective lexicon. Yeah. Yeah, and we know Eddie does not mix his drinks. He takes everything neat, um, takes yeah. his coffee black. There's no cream in that bourbon or whatever but it is. It's like, it's a detective thing, and it's, you know, Eddie is very tune-like, and that is like, and tunes have compulsions, right? Like they have to do certain things like the shave and the haircut thing, or yeah. they just have to do what's funny. If there's a funny option, they have to do that. And I think this is one of Eddie's tune compulsions is like, he cannot let the opportunity for like a pun or a little jab, especially if it's punny mm-hmm. uh, pass. He, he yeah. can't, he can't not do it. Even, no matter how much trouble it gets him into. Very, yeah. Very, 
combination of both kind of a tune instinct and a uh, detective instinct at once. We ha- have uh, RK Maroon offer uh, Roger a, a drink here. Um, I don't know if, if Maroon is, is completely oblivious to what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And again, like, do, do we, is, by the end of the movie, we really don't know if it's a tune thing or a Roger thing. Do we, that, that he has this reaction to, to like, it's, a, this is a setup for later in the movie when Eddie does it on purpose, like gets him to drink something. So he freaks out. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to like, think of another tune having a drink. Well, no, because in, in almost all the drinking scenes, the tunes are, um, in, they're servicing people. They're servers, oh, yeah. bartenders, or whatever. So I don't think we actually see any tunes drink. We see them mm. make drinks and serve drinks. Uh, they're around it a lot. So I imagine they've tasted it, uh, but maybe they know that it, it doesn't sit well. But again, I don't think a serious tune, like, like Bugs Bunny is a straight man, right? Like he's not... Uh, He's not the wacky one. So mm-hmm. I think a tune where their thing is like that they're the straight man or they're serious or whatever. I don't think that they would have this reaction. Yeah, you might be like, yeah, like Daffy Duck might have this reaction, but Bugs would be less likely to. Oh, that's yeah. a good question. Are you team Daffy or team Donald? Oh, oh, team Daffy or Donald? Yeah. I'm Daffy all the way. Damn. Is I, it wrong to say? I'm I mean, I, I, Chris, there's a wrong answer here. And you're, on, you're on the wrong side. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Nobody oh, no, else says Donald. I'm going to get a Team Donald person in here at some point. It's going to happen. I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah. I don't know why, I want, but it'll I happen. I want that for you. I do. <laughs> I, I think we, we probably have seen cartoon characters drink. I, I'm sure Yosemite Sam has had some like, oh, sure. cartoon. Yeah. Uh, he's riddled with drink he is for sure but they're drinking cartoon drinks roger Mm. here might be the only cartoon we've ever witnessed who has a real life live action drink do you think humans would have this reaction to tune oh i've never (laughs) wanted to try something more than i do want to try that in this moment right now someone i guarantee who has had tune liquor marvin acme (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe that's, that's what made him the way he is. <laughs> exactly. How is there not? I mean, I just recently this year we went to uh, you know Hogwarts and all of that at Universal, and you could try butterbeer and everything. How is there not like a Toon Town sort of thing where you can have you know Toon alcohol or whatever or Toon food of any kind? It's because it's Disney, and they're you know yeah. they're so teetotally. <laughs> that's yeah. true. That is true. Well, so. the, the Star Wars uh, land does have I, a. Uh, I did that's have true. a. I had drinks there. Yeah. It's a little bit like. Um, they're a little bit like if you got a teenager whose parents were chefs to make <laughs> you a cocktail. So, like, heavy technique, good mm. quality stuff, but. So sweet. Yeah. So sweet. Yeah. <laughs> You're not entirely sure that there's any booze in there. No. But you but believe you, them that there is. There's no way you can get drunk, like no matter how hard you try. Right. <laughs> probably probably by design, because that is the last thing you want is a bunch of drunk right. people walking around Disneyland. Plus they have mm-hmm. the they have like the robot DJ in there, you know, in the little, oh, little yeah. bar, uh, the droid DJ. And uh you really want to like go vibe and like dance with the droid DJ, but it's very much like a sit down place. You have to have a reservation. You have to, and it's pretty. You know, they yeah. really like pack. It just doesn't have the the vibe of a bar. It's got the vibe of like a lively Applebee's. Um, <laughs> right. but then you're like, this music's kind of good, and like I want to hang out with the droid DJ. But like, even, it's they're definitely there's a fun inhibitor in that bar mm. where they're like, listen, yeah. let's not have too much fun, people. <laughs> also, they have characters all throughout the rest of the land, but not in the bar, which is the place where I'd love to see like some sort of fight break out between right? yeah. Star Warsy characters. Give me a show. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Quit yanking on that Wookie. <laughs> I think it's surly. <laughs> I used this... to work with a woman whose last name was Wookie. Whoa. Wow. And weirdly, and it was in uh, Marin, 
So like oh. in a re- you know like George Lucas would come into the store. Uh, yeah. Wow. And she think- would joke that it was named after her husband, and I have no idea if that's true. It might be. Oh. Like the, it's such a Marin is not like a huge place, and uh, like you know Lucas culture is very like steeped everywhere around mm-hmm. there yeah. uh, the the civic center marin civic center is like this weird frank lloyd wright building that it looks a lot like a star wars building like you can see the inspiration everywhere um oh, cool. so it's always i it's a plausible theory <laughs> and so i'm like <laughs> i don't know if she was lying or not she could very well not be lying wow <laughs> joking joking probably not lying but joking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. And, uh do we have anything else for this minute i i want to know what alcohol they're drinking because it's like mm. very dark like not the color of a whiskey or bourbon or mm. really any normal alcohol it's yeah. like the color of like kalua yeah yeah, yeah. It is. I think it is the same bottles when we're in uh, Marvin Acme's uh, place before, and Andrew uh, on the show then uh, thought it was root beer. But uh, <laughs> flat I think, root beer, <laughs> flat root beer. I, they did definitely did not have Jaeger or Fernet at this point in time, right? This is. I, I feel those uh, are Fernet is old. Is is Fernet old? Okay, so this those are like the Fernet. oldest kinds of booze where they just like shoved a bunch of random herbs in a tub and they were like, I don't know. It's <laughs> spicy happens. now. Yeah. <laughs> I also like one of the only people who likes Fernet. People mostly drink it begrudgingly, but I'll actively <laughs> order it on purpose. There you go. Yeah. I had a uh, friend who was a bartender who would give me free shots, but it was always Fernet. Bartenders love Fernet. Yeah, well, <laughs> I have a history of loving bartenders, so maybe oh, that's what it is. There we go. <laughs> oh, so, so much like cool. Marvin Acme started picking up tune habits, you started picking up bartender habits. Yeah, I've never tended bar. I vowed never to work in food service. I worked in other kinds, but never food service because I was like, I like food and I like restaurants and I don't want to oh, eat sure. them. I never worked in a uh, movie theater for the same reason. Like, I don't want to walk into a movie theater and think it smells like work. Yeah. Mm. Or come home smelling like the worst parts of a movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It is now time for everybody's favorite part of the show. Of course, I am talking about Friday with Nish. It's Friday with Nish. Ooh, what a dish. Tell your mother. Tell your shrink. Tell us, Nish, what do you think? Yeah. So Friday with Nish is where we call our friend Nish, who's seen the movie for the first time in three-minute segments, and he gives us his thoughts on it. Let's give him a call. Hey, Nish. Oh, hey, Chris. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not bad. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Oh, Annie. Hey, Nish. How are you? <laughs> Uh, so, Nish, uh, you saw minutes 22 through 24 this week. What are your thoughts? Um, I just saw them like five minutes ago. Uh, so thoughts are fresh. Um, I had to rewatch some parts of those clips because I don't think I was to. I'm using air quotes here. You had to. <laughs> yeah, I had to because um, I was having some listening problems and I think I misunderstood some words here and there, um, but it wasn't exciting. <laughs> There's some new information that came out. Uh, yeah. things. Um, so it seemed like they were playing, they tried to make it like a sexual reference. Something is going on as he, you know, um, looking through the window. In a, how, how sexual did it feel to you? It was like, oh, come on, right on the bed. You know, I got everything you need. I mean, what do you have? Like, you know, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> uh, probably just uh, on the bed himself, you know. Classic move. We've all done it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, but then uh, she says something, but this time take something with your hand. 
take out the hand something and I missed that. I didn't, I don't think. The hand I, buzzer. Hand this, buzzer, this yeah. This time take off the hand buzzer. Yeah. That's why, and I was like, what could it be a hand buzzer? <laughs> Do it there. Uh, and then they played a game, Patty Cakes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you ever played Patty Cake? I have not. And so I played that over and over again. And I'm like, is it they're really saying patty cakes? <laughs> when I saw the game, you know, in the later it comes, I don't want to spoil minute 24 for folks mm-hmm. who haven't seen it yet. Oh, no, every, everyone's watched minute 24 now. We're at the end. Uh, uh, in the minute 24, they show the picture, so I know the game. I just didn't know the, to the name. Yeah, I, I am so fascinated by the idea of like what in the hell this scene would be like for somebody who didn't know what patty cake was. No, you just wait. <laughs> you have to wait two minutes. I'm in luck. <laughs> we just have we have the person right here, just the person. Yeah, were you surprised that it was uh, of Roger's reaction to this? That that Marvin. Well, I should say, are you surprised that Marvin and Jessica were doing something that at least to Roger was, um, was, uh, what word, uh, infidelitous? I was was not. That's not the word, right? (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Oh, something that suggests infidelity. infidelity. Would it be infidelitous? And no, that's definitely not it. You know, it gets the point across. Yeah, it gets the point across. Uh, Which is the point. Um. (laughs) I think there was a little bit of a setup there uh, when Eddie, Eddie just says, he just reacts to it. Like what the hell is going on? Like something really bad, worse than, worse than sex is going on. And like what kind of bestiality is going on? In <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's two on human patty cake. So yeah, we don't really know what the social taboos around uh, that are. They're not, they're undiscussed. And uh, yeah. I don't know, yeah, and, but he was pretty shocked by it, and so it is set up for it. The the reaction from Roger Rabbit, I think. If um, let's say on um, if there was a universal movie horniness scale, right? Like how there's like movie ratings, you know, yeah. like PG and whatever. But if there was like a horniness scale from like one to 10 and like one is like, uh, what's the least horny, like Bambi. Bambi is Bambi's the least horny movie. I think Bambi is the least horny. Is is Bambi horny? What if I know Bambi's horny and get really upset? Like a little bit. I mean, they all like fall in love. There's this word Twitter pated, which means like your attraction to someone else. Yeah, And then they have kids. Yeah, there's a some rabbit humping at the beginning, isn't there? <laughs> or some implied implied rabbit humping. Okay, well, it's Bambi without that scene because the rest <laughs> of it's not horny. Um, uh, and ten is like uh, I don't know, like blue is the warmest color or something, mm-hmm. or like a Gaspar Noe film. Mm-hmm. It's love where they just like filmed That's live cool. sex. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, where what is where is Tune on human patty cake rank on the. So I've seen some of those, like the number ten movies. Yeah. <laughs> this is not. Those a- are just ones that popped into my head. Okay, I don't know. They're, they're, I don't know if those are the ones. Like you know, there's like almost. I guess there's some explicit sex. Like you know, there. I think I'm pretty sure in love, the movie's called Love, right? That Gaspar Noe film. Um, he's known for it. I think mm-hmm. they filmed actual intercourse like because i think that was like a controversial thing about the movie mm-hmm. it was so, not simulated non- <laughs> uh, same with this patty no, cake this no. patty cake not simulated patty cake <laughs> wait, 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 I wanna see, do you think they had an intimacy coordinator with like with like a guy with like little stick puppet hands because it's jessica she's a cartoon right you think they have like a guy with like stick hands like (laughs) just patty caking with marvin acme just telling the actor if you feel uncomfortable at any moment just let us know we can take you out of the scene do you think they have special tiny gloves you can't see (laughs) so could be um so so simulation is not a criteria then (laughs) no (laughs) 
No, it's the it's the end result, right? Like a, it's the shock value. I think the shock value we can say, you know, yeah. Some of those sex oriented films definitely shocked the audience, um, and so. I've definitely not seen Bambi. Maybe there's another podcast you could do. I don't know. What's the least horny movie you've ever seen? Um, but there has to be some horniness in there. No, what's, no, the, no, what's the no. least one? What's the A most movie avoid? with zero horniness? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just so many, no? Like, what about um, Finding Neverland? You know, classic. You know, I think Johnny Depp won something for it. Even an Oscar. If Johnny Depp is in it, 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 it definitely has horniness. No, it's about uh, Peter Pan, Peter Pan and the play, and it's just more. What about Edward Scissorhands? I think there's probably they're something. extremely horny. <laughs> yeah, what do you think those scissors symbolize? That's 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 the that's like a it's a milf movie. It's all all those horny suburban moms are after after that kid and his scissor hands. I think okay. I think I can come up with something. Uh, give me. A, <laughs> I, I might try long enough. I can come up I with like movies. There are things, movies that I can come up with that you cannot find horniness, even if you tried. You know what? Uh, even uh, in the days uh, of the internet, even Cars is unsafe. Cars is a horny Lion movie. King classic. No, right. there it's there. There's like the whole like sequence where they're lying in the in the dust, and apparently the dust flies up and spells sex in it. Oh. I think all Disney movies are out. Yeah, I think because Disney, the Disney animators, they were, they were doing something. They were having key parties in the studio or something because there was. Yeah, there was there was definitely within the Disney parent umbrella. I'm gonna go with Wall E. Okay, I think go try, look for hardiness, go for it. But we don't know how robots mate, so they might have done it in the movie and it just flew right over our heads. That's okay. If it's horny to robots, but it's not horny to us, then I think it counts. One meaning <laughs> Wally, maybe for this, and um, um, and ten meaning uh, something with some real sex in there, uh, uh, in the mood for love or something, something like that. Uh, I'll take it even more. Okay. So I think this is more... I think it's definitely more than one. <laughs> just look at the reaction and the sounds yeah. they're making. Like, so you have to know, you know, something's up. Um, and then, given the patty cake was shown, it was understood as like something super sexual or uh, something between a couple and nobody else. And they showed pictures of it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, that's true. Look, listen, you've got you've got Kathleen Turner. I don't think you can. I don't think you can be completely unhorny if she's speaking. From the her, we've associated her voice too much with sensuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, some kind of weird. We got a lot of moaning. We've got voyeurism. Yeah. Oh yeah. Voyeurism is yeah. <laughs> and and we've got Roger's reaction to this, uh, which is clearly this is uh, adultery. This is, yeah. It's pretty horny, I think. Um. Yeah, and like, what's the deal with offering him whiskey and saying that that happens to so many other people? <laughs> that, that's that's not a thing to say. I don't know how that makes someone feel better. Well, every it happens to so many other people. <laughs> well, I can't think of like I don't think being consoled by RK Maroon is anybody's like idea of I don't think RK Maroon is making anybody feel better. Yeah, know? this guy does not seem like uh empathy is his strong suit. Like no. this is this is him trying his hardest and failing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm rating it I'm rating it a six. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. seems strong. Yeah. You would have to explain a lot of things to a child if a child <laughs> more than PG-13 you know mm. going to be a little bit more like 15, 16 to understand like oh hey people have a need to cheat <laughs> that's, that. that's, that's an uncomfortable uh, conversation that. Mm. Yeah. so um, I, I'm presuming that uh, some things have changed here um, at this point who do you think framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, I think in the past, the the wife was, Jessica Rabbit was quite involved in the frame up 
Mm -hmm. um, I'm just thinking who has the benefit of framing him? Maybe, okay, I'm making, I'm going away from my corporation is evil theory. And corporation is still evil because I think some people are involved. I think this time, I think that it is for a killing. Okay. And, and it's the, what's the guy's name? Who's um, Marvin? Marvin. Marvin. The, one, the one with Jessica, Marvin Acme. Uh, I think maybe he's going to be taken out and Roger Rabbit would be framed for it. And the conspiracy is being run by uh, by the studio exec who could also be running the transportation system. Mm. We don't know. I mean, um, evil we, corporations are gonna evil corporation. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And then I think Eddie is still gonna come out as a hero. I think he's needs to. He's getting so much screen time. I think he needs to. And he's still doing douchey stuff. Like there was no need to mock the the chimpanzee like in the way he did and i got another bongo fan yeah <laughs> lord i don't know if he can from everything he's doing but <laughs> i think he's the one who's gonna come up with like hey just because a human died it's not a tunes fault and and i no longer hate tunes mm -hmm. for my brother's death i think this is a good plot line could be used mm. this movie is very surprising mm. yeah i love yeah. it i like yeah. the new direction you're taking Nish. i'm into it yeah yeah what do you think the motivation is if if the studio exact yeah did it why i think the i think the motivation still has to be somewhat money because was the marvin is also in kind of like the entertainment business and so I think there could be some deals and uh, there could be some personal personal stuff going on, but I cannot pinpoint, like, I don't know the movie business in detail to kind of, you know, come up with, like, what kind of deal is going to cause can be saved by killing someone. Uh, yeah. Buddy. Huh? There's always savings in killing somebody. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to feed them. <laughs> yeah, it's just less one less person. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> great. Any any other uh, any other uh, thoughts on these minutes, Mesh? They seem to suggest that Marvin is a sugar daddy to Jessica Rabbit, and I wasn't sure because it seems like she has a pretty good career going on for herself, and so. I don't know where, what is that studio exec trying to put put forward or is he just uh, doesn't understand the concept of a sugar daddy? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it, the term is used a little bit loosely there. Sweet. Okay. I accept. <laughs> um, all right. Cool. So thank you for joining us, Nish. Thank, thank you, Nish. The plot is thickening, so can't wait to hear your thoughts on the next minutes. I yeah. love it. It was so much fun. Thank you for having me. And uh, I am uh, look forward to the next three minutes. <laughs> One other thing, I was just looking at the stills or like I have the scene on my monitor. Um, and did y'all notice that when Arkhamurn hands the drink to Roger, he already looks really like strung out. Like he looks like uh, <laughs> it's 3 a.m., and he's got his <laughs> eyes are all bloodshot and like his yeah. and like his eyelids are drooping down and he looks 75 uh <laughs> it, he looks like he's had a million of these before he even drinks this one well he's very sad yeah. he's having a hard time this looks like more than sad though <laughs> yeah 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 i'm looking at it now <laughs> he's very he's haggard he looks very haggard yeah. I've been looking at a lot of pictures of his wife playing patty patty cake with another man. <laughs> any any other things for this minute? Oh, uh, I think I need to do my MVP, and oh. so my MVP for this minute is um, it's a little weird. It's so when Roger drinks the alcohol, he turns a bunch of bright colors. Uh, he you know he goes he goes wild, 
And so my MVP for the minute is um, Roger's physical transformation. To me, it's very like evocative of like reefer madness. Like she turns <laughs> psychedelic looking. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's fun. I think we see cartoons go like crazy a lot, but, but they're pretty cliche. Usually it's like a word bubble with, you know, a lot of punctuation marks in it and like big eyes popping and da da da. And so to watch him go like uh, full reefer madness, that's, that's, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like that uh uh if i were to pick an mvp i would say it is the uh pictures of uh jessica and uh mm. marvin acme together especially the way it's used as a uh flip book <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is pretty fantastic let's be honest do you have that flip book at home <laughs> uh not yet but uh <laughs> Listeners, if you're artistic and want to make me one, <laughs> I will uh, give you shout a whole bunch of shout outs for making one and sending it to me. And our Fridays. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a good idea. I guess that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us, Tom. Oh, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Uh, where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me and my other Indiana Jones Minute pals at indianajonesminute.com where we're doing this, but with the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, you can also find me at caddyshackminute.com and thebluesbrothersminute.com uh, where with my friends Dan and Mike, we've been covering those movies. Uh, those were both all done, but they're still there to enjoy. And uh, for other stuff that I'm doing, you can go to iamtomtaylor.com. And I want to uh, thank Uh, everyone for listening and we are a dueling genre podcast you can check out all of their podcasts along with many more movies by minutes ones on duelinggenre.com click on the link to support and we will see you on monday for minute 25 of who analyzed roger rabbit's